The Aldis Podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the U.S. and Europe. Today, you are listening to our ServiceNow series, where we interview the best and brightest of the industry to share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow and digital transformation. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Kelly, Deep Customer Officer and co-founder of all of this. I hope you're doing really well wherever you are in the world today. Part of our ServiceNow series, I'm very happy to welcome Chris Feely. Chris is CTO, Business Development and Strategy, U.S. Government and Higher Education at ServiceNow. And I've been waiting a while to have Chris on the show, but I'm absolutely delighted that he's joining us today. Chris, firstly, thank you very much for joining us on the episode. I know you're a very, very busy man. We're delighted to talk about some of the work that you're doing in the world of ServiceNow higher education and government. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. Excited to be part of this and excited to share some of the great work we're doing across the ServiceNow ecosystem. Brilliant. Chris, before we jump into some of the work that you're doing and your role in ServiceNow, would you mind just tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into this role? Yeah, I've been a ServiceNow coming up on nine years. It's just been a heck of a ride. But prior to that, I like to refer to myself as a recovering enterprise architect from the state of Iowa here in the U.S. I was an enterprise architect for about 11 years, working across all facets of our government, in a lot of ways, trying to, si- trying to solve the same challenges that we're trying to solve today. How do we do more with less? How do we optimize the technology we're using? And how do we deliver the best experience to citizens and to the workers that serve all the citizens? And now with the technology that exists today, it's a lot easier than it was when I was, uh, when I was trying to solve these things. It's one of these sectors and, you know, I guess with huge energy, this in healthcare and higher education, it's just so important because we all are affected by this within society, right? We all have a reason for this to work well. And I can see how people are so passionate about that. Can you tell me a little bit more about your job day to day and some of the kind of customers that you work with and help support? Yeah, you know, working primarily, you know, focused on state and local government here in the U.S. as well as higher education. It's really about serving those that need services. In higher education, we're serving students that are trying to get an education so they can add, contribute to this world. And then people from a government perspective, I started in the back office operations where the staff, the workers that are really trying to serve those citizens in need. People don't get in government to make a lot of money. People get in government to serve the citizens. And so finding ways to help the staff, finding ways to help the workers deliver better services, do more with those that, that really need the, the help. And then from a citizen perspective, how do we accelerate the time to get the services, get the, the funds, get the food assistance, the financial assistance, the resources that, that people need to support their families as the next step, not as, a, not as something from a long-term perspective, but just give them what they need to get through until they find their next job, until they find and fill whatever gap that they have right now. So. You know, when I work with states, I'm working with them, trying to solve those big problems and trying to break down one bite at a time, break down those, those things that we can do to help them make things more efficient, to integrate a system so somebody doesn't have to fill that out and the risk of doing it wrong. And so how do we accelerate those things to make everyone's experience a little bit better? So we talk about digital transformation across government and higher education. Could you give us some kind of some examples where previously manual 
that you've helped automate and some of the ways that this may possibly impact? One of the ones that, that just comes to mind is like integrated eligibility. Here in the U.S., what that means is when somebody's applying for benefits for food assistance or financial assistance, in most cases or many cases, they're going to have to go to separate offices and apply for those things separately. And so how do we make a common experience where they're filling out, they're having a digital experience and being able to fill this out and say, you also qualify, or would you like to also apply for these other benefits? But if we can do those things to help accelerate, what that does is it keeps people, parents with their children longer or keeps adults in their job longer that they don't have to step away and have to spend a half a day going and applying for the benefits that they need. So if we can make that and accelerate that experience, and then what we can also do is in the world of government, I worked there for a long time. It was often a first in, first out mentality. It wasn't about priority. It wasn't about needs. Now we can begin to look at if we have a mother with children, let's put those ahead of from a priority perspective of maybe an adult male or just another adult that doesn't have those children in need. So how do we look at the situations holistically? How do we use technology? How do we use the right resources to workflow things, to make the experience better and to accelerate and get things in the hands of those that need it? When you look at the citizen engagement and trying to help set that up that becomes the process and removing that friction and allowing people to have different services that they're due and actually giving them that better experience because people who need these services may not have a technical literate background or may not know how these kind of systems work. It could be that they're using a payphone and their, their money is running out or maybe they're driving in their car and there's, there's some kids in the background screaming and they're trying to work through and the call drops. And we've all experienced that in one way or another or different types of shapes. So how do you try to understand from the perspective of the users from that kind of design thinking perspective because when you're rolling out the service now product suites and platform across the different areas how do you keep that in mind of the people that you're looking to serve no that's a great question and it is not one size fits all and my mother would not be feel comfortable filling out a digital form and taking pictures with her iphone of the different documents that she may need. But when we create that experience from a digital perspective and those people that are comfortable doing that, and it can accelerate the things that those, those individuals need and want to do, what it does is it increases the capacity and it gives more, more time, more resources for those that do need to want to do it more of an analog way or a manual way to still be able to come to the office. I grew up in the social system, so I remember my mother and I having to sit in the office for three, four hours waiting to see a caseworker to validate our documents to do whatever. When we could do things digitally for 50, 60, 70% of the population that can and wants to work that way, what that does is it increases how those other individuals can still engage with the government services that they need and also begin to give them the more time and make sure that they get what they need to move forward. What are some of the challenges and opportunities to introducing ServiceNow across some of these large states and these government bodies? The biggest thing is looking at the big picture. People know ServiceNow could do a lot. We've got our start in the technology space and how do we support the service desk and those individuals within a workforce that need services support from that perspective. 
But when you think about what a service desk or a help desk ticket is, it's a workflow. It's a process. It's, I need something, something's not working and I need to follow a structured process to get that resolved. When you think about government services or you think about student engagement in the higher education space, all those things are structured processes. If I need to see an advisor or I need support for some of my classes or crossed across my campus from a higher education or in, in, in social services or in across government services, business licensing, all those things are a process. So how do we look at some of the common, what, what's common across all these programs? It's typically about identity. How do we verify that Chris Dilley is Chris Dilley? And then how do we make sure we allocate and give him the right resources based on his need? If I'm working this department, I'm going to need these things. If I work on this campus or I'm a student in this major, I need these things. So how do you provide that contextual experience? And so I think your question is how do people look at service now and understand what we need to do or where do we look across the enterprise? We need to think broadly. Don't put service now in a box. Think about what that overall experience is and how we can optimize that across the enterprise and really serve those situations. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. I'm getting a little bit more of technical weeds. How does the ServiceNow platform integrate with existing systems? Because we know within the world of technology, one of the biggest challenges is integration with existing systems. How, do, how does that work? And tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it now recognizes we are not going to be the system of record for many situations. There's eligibility systems. There's student information systems that exist in the higher ed space. And so we recognize that as we're doing a structured process or a workflow across those, we're going to need to integrate. So we built out what's called an integration hub application that, that resides in our platform. And we have over... 300 spokes that exist to be able to integrate, to be able to tie in with some of the most, the biggest platforms out there, whether it's Workday or whether it's Microsoft or Salesforce, whatever that may be, because we recognize that data is going to be in other places. So from a REST, from a SOAP, from different APIs that are available, so we can get that real-time information to continue to structure those processes. ServiceNow really is the platform of platforms because As citizens, as workers engage, as students engage, as faculty, staff engage, they can come through a common interface and then see the experience that they want, that they need to be able to deliver their jobs and be able to, and they don't, you don't need to know where that other data is coming from, where those other things, there is security components to that. And I recognize that, but you know, just like when I order a package on Amazon, I don't know all the different systems that it's tying to from a UPS or a FedEx from a different carrier perspective. All I know is I'm going to order the package and I'm going to get an alert when it's coming and all the different systems, all that I don't need to see. And that's what we're trying to do for the citizens. That's why integration is so important to what we do and how we deliver those services. At all this, we're a staffing firm in service now. We know that these technical skills, it takes a while to, to get up to scale with them. When you look at the kind of employees, government employees, 
how do you help those people go on that journey from upskilling on those new ServiceNow products and modules that they're going to be liaising with and engaging with? Yeah, that's a big question. And so as we think about organizational change, we know individuals need to be skilled differently going forward. And so how we look at, you know, some of our own internal programs, ServiceNow offers the, our Rise Up program where we're trying to help organizations like yours find the right resources. We also have our Skill Bridge program, which helps veterans across military around the globe reskill to make that transition into the private sector and have those skills that they need to be able to support, administer, and even develop on the ServiceNow platform. And then from a, from a, you know, internal workforce perspective, we really work with our customers and our partners to try to help them make that transition as they're doing an eight-step process today and try to break that down to a new digital process. That's only two steps. We recognize that's a transition of how they're going to do their work and what they're going to do and knowing that they can add more value work because technology is driving the process behind the scenes. Yeah, it, what do you said? I recently caught up with Herb Thompson, who's looking after the, the veterans program there, a senior, senior pro, a program manager, and he was telling me all about the SkillBridge program that, that they've introduced and the massive success that you've had from it, from being working as a mechanic in one, one walk of life to suddenly being a developer or an architect in the world, world of service now ecosystem. So there is some fantastic case studies of great examples of how that transition has happened as well. And with the huge growth service now across the higher education, government, the federal, not to mention industry, we're going to need those skills to, to be up to, up to par to make sure they can actually go on this journey and help people to succeed. And is there any particular other areas of interest that you have within the areas that you work on that help in terms of areas in society the service now has been able to introduce. I know there's been particularly as in some of the challenges within drugs and things like that you've been able to work on uh, just to help society. Maybe you'd like to share some thoughts on that. Thanks, Mark. This is a passion of mine. A couple of different areas. One is around students. One of the biggest challenges we're seeing in higher education and universities is student engagement. It's easy for the traditional student that's coming out of high school into college, they're used to the digital world. And so as they get into unfamiliar situations, it's easy for them to hide behind the, their laptops or not engage. And we're seeing a big drop off in, in, in students and dropping out in higher education. And so ServiceNow is helping recognize some of those risk points from an engagement perspective for students. And so what that does is it helps advisors and even social clubs to reach out and say, hey, Mark, I see you haven't been involved in some of this stuff. Hey, let's invite you. Let's, and that's often what a student needs sometimes. So very excited about student engagement we're doing there. On the social side, ServiceNow, and we know we're not going to solve it, but if we can help some of the homeless programs, some of the homelessness, that seems to be just becoming a growing issue, not only in the U.S., but globally. And so how do we help bridge the gap and make sure, again, those services are available anywhere from 80 to 90% of homeless individuals are houseless. So how do we give them the services that they need to find whether it's a shower, whether it's shelter, whether it's food services. And as soon as you provide that digital engagement, that digital front door, then it's not only the government serving, serving it. There's also so many social programs. There's also so many non-for-profits that are out there trying to help these resources. They just don't know where they're at. And so how do you connect all those resources, 
what that's going to do is it's going to take the load off the government. It's going to take the load off of some of those emergency services that when people don't know what they do, they call 911 or whatever the emergency services is. And so now we can utilize and connect some of those other resources to help support some of these programs and hopefully, again, fill a gap, fill a need and help people to get to their the next situation or at least be safe or warm for a night. Yeah, there's, there's so many different areas that we could talk and go on for a separate podcast in that, but this has been a really good educational piece for people just to get a taste of some of the work that you and the team do at ServiceNow. And what I'd like to say, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. You've been listening to the All This ServiceNow podcast as part of our government federal higher education series. I've had the opportunity to speak with Chris Dilley. Chris is CTO, Business Development Strategy, U.S. Government and Higher Education at ServiceNow. Chris, thank you very much for your time today. Mark, thank you so much. I look forward to a next discussion.